Are you using video to engage customers and drive traffic to your stores? We'll be talking about that with Andrew Robinson on this week's episode of the Pete Primo Show. This show is brought to you by my book, Sell a Million, 101 Tips for Furniture and Mattress Store Owners to Sell Another Million Dollars or More This Year. Get it right now on Amazon. This week's guest is Andrew Robinson. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks, Pete. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Um, Pete and I have been friends for a long time. I, I can't even count how many, uh, how many years we've known each other. It's been a while, Andrew. Um, I met Andrew when I was at United Sleep Products, and Andrew was one of our largest customers, and he was introduced to me by our VP of Sales, is one of the nicest and most honest guys in our industry, and all buyers should be as nice and as honest uh, as Andrew Robinson. And that's the first time we met. Uh, and then we met again. We did business when you owned your own furniture store. And right. Andrew's story is amazing. He spent most of his life in, in furniture and did so many innovative things in, in furniture. Um, and then six years ago, he started a new career in, in real estate. And I wanted to bring Andrew on the show to talk about video marketing. We could talk about a hundred different things and Andrew would be an expert on each one. But I think Andrew is probably the best I've seen with video marketing. And Andrew, before I get into that, what I'd like to do is just play a sample of of the kind of work that you produce now in the in the real estate uh sure So Andrew, I didn't know you could fly. <laughs> well, Pete, I learned a long time ago, um, hire people that know what they're doing. And I, and I hired an exceptional videographer, um, an aerial videographer that, that put this together for me. So uh, sometimes you just have to invest in the best talent to get the work done for you. It's awesome. I remember <clears throat> when you hired a video guy when you owned uh, your stores. Well, that's an interesting story. Um, we had an online business and we were selling a home theater seating. So one of the questions people would always ask is, uh, we, we get the, the frequently asked questions, how big is it? You know, will it fit me? Guys would call in and we would listen to all these questions. And I thought to myself, the best way to answer these questions is with a picture or a video. So we went out into the showroom um, 
and we actually demonstrated how the product worked, um, you know, the, the levers, the buttons, whatever it was, and um, it really significantly increased sales. As a matter of fact, there was a sectional, and I think if I recall that the section was called the Enterprise, and it was a big uh, motion sectional. Uh, I shot the video, we started distributing it the next day, and um, I recall a woman came into the, to the showroom and I said, hey, welcome to the store. How can I help you today? And she goes, I'm here to see that sectional I saw in the video. So video works. Yeah, you know, I've always been amazed that you've always been on the cutting edge, whether you're you're selling furniture or, or you're selling homes. And the interesting thing is not enough um, retailers are using uh, video to, to market their goods. And when it comes to sectionals, furniture that moves, uh, motion furniture in particular, right. you, you are, you're just, you're missing all kinds of engagement and, and you're not, you're not showing the customer what, how they're going to benefit. You're not showing the customer what their experience could be. And, you know, we were just shut down a little while ago with COVID, right? Right. And nothing sells better than a video during during that situation. So, um, what was your experiences during COVID uh, when you were shut down? I, I didn't see you stop producing videos. No, um, people were a little bit apprehensive about going out to visit open houses, and open houses, frankly, have been a huge part of me engaging and meeting new prospective clients and demonstrating my properties. So I'm like, how can I continue that conversation um, in this environment? So I, I switched over to doing virtual open houses. So I would go with my camera and I would do a video engagement uh, and I would demonstrate maybe the kitchen or the back patio or something like that, just to continue that conversation with clients. Um, um, when you take that property, that video asset, and you put it on Facebook or LinkedIn, it gets a lot more engagement than just a static image. So a lot of times I would use those videos as teasers to get people to, to converse with me. Um, for the furniture owner, um, I'll give you a perfect example of, of how we used video to answer a question that is common to a lot of consumers. When we were in the bedding industry, um, people, you know, people always say, what's the difference between a full and a, and a queen? What's the difference between a queen and a king? Well, visually, um, you can say, oh, this, is, this mattress is 60 inches wide, or you can stack them on top of each other. So what we did is we put a king size on the floor, a queen, a full, and a twin. And then I just did a quick 60 second video and I described that. Um, I even discussed, you know, the difference between a the split box spring on a king size so they could get into the house, how sometimes you could get a split um, box spring on a queen. So that took maybe five minutes and thousands and thousands and thousands of people saw that video on YouTube. I believe I've taken it down since then because I don't no, no longer have that store, but that's something uh, a store owner could do today with it, with a cell phone um, to get the message out. Yeah. And, and everyone that sells a mattress, whether you own a furniture store or a mattress store should have a video like that. Should you, you know, you, you probably can't see uh, what Andrew did, but it was very simple, but very effective. And one of the things 
that I remember is I came in one day and you were getting some reactions uh, from the customers. Oh, you're the guy in the video. And so <laughs> there was this, there, there was this comfort level with you that right. the customer had that they really shouldn't have had because they didn't know you, but they did know you and they knew you through your videos. Well, that's that. right. We know as a salesperson that the, the way to build, people have to know, like, and trust you to do business with you. And that has to do with the, the amount of engagement and exposure that you have with them. So video is pre-building that relationship. They know you, they see your face, they become familiar with you. And then if you're giving them valuable information, like the, the mattress video, for instance, they trust you. I can't say they like you, but at least they trust you. Uh, you got to win them. You got to win, win them over when they uh, when you have them in the store. Absolutely, a video can't do everything, but it can get you a lot closer to where you need to go than any other way of advertising that I know of. Absolutely, and you can solve problems in the video, and you can paint pictures in their mind of the video. Um, I'll go back to the furniture industry because that's the, the probably a lot of your clientele are watching from there. I think about a twin over full bunk bed, specifically the bunk bed that has the stairs in the end of it, uh, and then maybe the drawers underneath it. Well, as as we know, there's so many different variations to way that product can can be sold. Twin over twin, twin over full, the drawers on it, the you know the the ladder on the side. So by demonstrating each one of those, you're selling the product by showing people the features and the benefits. You're not really selling, you're sharing. And that's what video enables us to do. So I really thought that you were able to fly and I guess you're not, you hire some drone guy and I don't even really know what that is. Um, let's help our dealers who are watching that are saying, okay, Pete, okay, Andrew, you sold me on the idea of doing a video. I don't have the money to hire a drone guy. Um, right. Where do I start? What do I do? iPhone, smartphone, gotcha. Um, a, a lot of my video work that I do, I'm looking around to see if I have one, I don't have it here. Um, a lot of the video work that I do is just the teaser conversation with a cell phone. Um, let's go back to the aha moment that I had after we started doing those videos of the reclining furniture for my online sales, because at the time I had an online business and we were selling pool tables, poker tables, and home theater seating. And home theater seating was where we generated the most questions. So we would we would use those videos to demonstrate how those products worked. Um, I was getting ready to put together a circular, and at the time, I believe I had 12 or 13 retail stores. So we were printing over a million circulars at a time. Um, so I went into my art department and I said, okay, what I wanna do is for all the products that are in the ad, um, I want to create a video for that product. And we, we we put this teaser on the print and it said, go to our website to see the video. And, and the guy in the art department says to me, um, Andrew, 
we can do that, but we, we don't have any video. So <laughs> I'm like, well, we can solve that problem. So um, at the time I was buying product from Jackson Catnapper and they had a showroom down in High Point, which is about a seven hour drive from us. So um, I had this conversation with the guys on Friday and I'm like, look, meet me um, at about 6 a.m. on Monday morning and we're gonna drive to High Point and we're gonna shoot all these videos in one day. And they thought I was crazy. But, but basically we took about a thousand dollar video camera. We went into the showroom. Um, I think we shot 18 videos. So it was very much a, a two take, you know, you, you do the one take and then the second take, you better fix the problem that you did the first time, um, <laughs> which, which you, you, you know how that works. I think this is a one take show that we're doing here. This today. is your okay. You don't get a do over here. <laughs> no, no do overs. So, um, so we made the commitment because I went to print with a thousand or excuse me, a million circulars that said, go to the website. But once again, we didn't have, we didn't have the videos. So the cost of driving to North Carolina, I had guys that worked for me. So they were on my payroll. We shot the video, we edited it. So it wasn't a huge commitment. And now the technology is so much better today. I mean, with the 4k cameras that we've got, you don't have to be perfect but you do have to tell a story, you have to convey a message, and you want to solicit a response, go to the website for more information, call, click here. So I think that's one of the things I will say is if you're using video at the end, invite them to take some type of action um, from that video. Yeah, start, start with the end in mind. What is the call to action? What do you want them to do? You want them to go to your web right. website? Do you have information that they can opt into? You want them to call you at the store? What do you want the customer to do? Think that through. Go ahead. Right. You're um, about to say something, brother. Go ahead. Well, it, the other thing I was going to say is like, as as I see some of my property videos rolling through, um, they're good eye candy. Um, but every about thirty seconds, we go to. I, I, a somewhat of a passive call to action because I'll put my my name, my contact information, my broker's information in the lower right-hand corner. So um, we don't want them to just look at that. We want to engage them with, you know, what what's the next step. Yeah, yeah. So, Andrew, uh, yeah. go ahead. No, go. This no, is I'll, the way we normally talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was think, I was thinking... One of the things I was thinking about is I, I work with a couple of different videographers and some people, um, they don't understand the consumer's um, mindset, to tolerant. No, their tolerance for we, we've all been exposed to music videos and people want to be uh, their video consumption in pretty small chunks of information. So yeah. when I first came out, we were doing like three minute videos and I'm like, you know what? I really have to get this down under 90 seconds or cut it down into two two or three different 30 second segments to tease people to pull them into a bigger longer video so um, what i've done is i've compressed in the editing suite some of those long pans and we've sped them up and the transition from we go from one room to the other room we've sped those up and people are like well i don't know how to do that and i'm like well i didn't either when i started <laughs> um, and I, I, I mean we, we all learn um, because we have to learn. And 
people are like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to do this because I don't look good on video. Well, you know, I'm kind of shiny up here and, uh, you, you know, maybe not the best looking guy in the world, but just do it because people don't care what you look like. They care about the quality of the information that you're conveying. So, you know, just do it. That's that's the best suggestion that I can have when it comes to video marketing. I, I can hear Dan Kennedy right now. Good is good enough. And perfectionism, right. perfectionism is the enemy of action, right? Absolutely. And and I can recall um, going out and, you know, you, you, you do two or three takes and you're like, well, I don't have a perfect one, but I've got one that I can put out there, convey my message. And then tomorrow we'll do another subject because that video, even though it lives in perpetuity, people consume it and you go on to the next, what's the message tomorrow? Yeah. I've got videos yeah. that have been online for now in the, in the real estate business, they've been on, been, been online for six, six years. And I still occasionally get clients who saw a video. For instance, I'll, I'll give you an example. One of, one of the first million dollar properties that I listed was on the sixth tee box of the Mirfield PGA tournament course. And that is a whole story in itself as to how I got that listing. But what I did is I, sh I got my aerial videographer to come out and we actually flew out of the bedroom window across the pool and over top of the tee box. And the, it was the, the opening day, not the opening day for the tournament, but the practice round. So there were consumers walking around the golf course and we really got that presence of where the house was positioned and that really drove the interest in the in the property and then what i did with that asset is i took geofencing advertising so what i said is i want this ad this video ad to show up on people's cell phones that are within one mile of this property so during the tournament we paid for the ad to show up. People would check their phones, their Facebook account, and the video would be playing. And I, I think that video got probably fifty thousand views just in the wow. first week when we were uh, when we were doing that. That's that's unbelievable. So one thing went off in my head um, is be the director of the video. Don't think that you have to do everything. And at some point in time. Even though you might start off with your uh, smartphone, you know, you're going to be able to bring somebody else in to shoot your videos. You always have to map them out and you have to have a uh, game plan for your video. I'm lucky. I just show up and do my thing and Billy and Simon do the rest and they make all the teaser uh, content off of the bigger show that I do. And I, I don't have to do anything. I, you know, when I ran my podcast before Andrew, I used to do everything. I, I, I recorded it. I used to edit. I started to believe in, in not editing because I wanted to get better <clears throat> and not editing right. forces you to get better. When you just say to yourself, that's it, I'm burning my ships and it's going to be one take. And if it's good, it's good. And if it's if it's great, better. But we'll strive for doing better. But we're not going to stop because it's not as great as I want want it to be. No, and, and I'll say let the don't let your budget prevent you from 
from getting started. I mean, you don't have to have a budget to, to do this in the beginning, but as you build an audience and as you build a message, then you can start to invest in some assistance. Like I, I pay for a videographer, for the drone operator, for some editing. Um, I still do a little bit of editing myself, but I look at it, I would be better off prospecting and talking to a client than doing the editing work it, that takes, you know, that, that's not my specialty. So I need to special, I need to focus on what is the highest return on my time investment. Yep. So Andrew, I'm going to make you laugh. I'm going to take my little commercial, um, my little commercial timeout that I take at, at halftime in all of my uh, shows. And I'm going to read a chapter out of my book. And Great. the background behind this, guys, is Andrew called me one day and he said, Pete, there's these things called podcasts and you have a lot of windshield time and you need to start listening to these things. And I said, oh, sure. Okay. Thanks, Andrew. And I don't know, maybe a week later, talking again. And hey, did you listen to that podcast that I mentioned to you? No. And I don't know how many times you did it, but I started to call, nickname you the Velvet Hammer because you were, you were very consistent with me. And uh, now I do you know, my own show and my own podcast. And uh, I thought this would make you laugh. So in my book, So a Million, Chapter 77, start a podcast. Start a podcast featuring answers to the most commonly asked questions that you that your customers ask you. You can interview people or do a topic-based podcast. Remember the worst sin in the in marketing? That's right, being born. Podcasts allow the customer to hear your voice and even see you if it's a video podcast. How about a podcast with a local designer? Maybe a podcast with one of your sales reps, with one of your higher volume lines. Don't like your voice? Get over it. No one likes their voice. I don't like my voice. There are famous broadcasters who hate their voice and despite that make millions of dollars every year with their voice. I could write an entire book on podcasts, but that is beyond the scope of this book. I can tell you one of the best things I have ever done in my business is starting my own podcast. Thank you to Paul Castain for pushing me and literally pushing me over the cliff when it came time to launch because I did not want to launch. I came up with every excuse in the book, Andrew, to not launch. And Paul, Paul Castain, who I hired as my sales coach at that point in time, literally pushed my sorry, you know what, over the line. It, it, was, it was kind of pathetic. You don't need a bunch of customers. You just need a few every month who become customers for your store. There's lots of free information out there. I started off with Pat Flynn's free information. I think you turned me on to Pat Flynn, Andrew. Is that not true? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so our relationship for many years, even though you could say it was a, uh, a vendor salesman relationship quickly, very quickly became a, uh, a friendship and exchanging ideas on things forever. Uh, and I listen more than I talk when Andrew Robinson speaks, by the way, <laughs> that was the single smartest thing I could have ever done. Uh, I ended up joining, uh, Podcaster's Paradise by John Lee Dumas, Dumas, otherwise known as 
JLD. Uh, that was something that I did at the time. It cost $1,100, and I thought that was a lot of money back then. And it was one of the best investments that I ever made. And one of the things that I would say is, you know, you own a store if you, or you own a business, you need to invest in yourself. You need to invest in your education. One of the things that me and Andrew found out very quickly early in our relationship is we, we both read and we both invested in ourselves. So did that give you a chuckle, buddy? Um, it did. It, bring, it bring back, brings back a lot of memories. Um, <clears throat> the, the, as a matter of fact, <clears throat> I have another business that I started because of a podcast and I was having an open house, which I do virtually every weekend at two hours. And sometimes they're very productive and sometimes nobody comes in. So rather than reading a, a physical book, um, which is hard to put down when someone comes walking in, I like to listen to podcasts. So a good friend of ours um, at the time, Sean Malarkey, he had a podcast that he called the uh, the Money Pillow, and the premise of this was every week he would inter interview people that were making money while you sleep. So they were creating a business that lived online and made money from uh, from you know from in perpetuity. So one of his guest stars at the time had developed a business that he was doing on Amazon called Fulfillment by Amazon, where you have a product, you send it into Amazon and they send it to the consumer. So um, I listened to this podcast on a Sunday and it, it made me realize that I could utilize my contacts from the furniture industry and from my years of being a purchasing agent um, for a Fortune 500 company, create a product, put it online and make money while I slept. So Monday, um, I called up a couple of contacts in the industry, um, spent about $5,000 in buying product. And that became six years ago, another leg of income that I use. And uh, my commitment to that business now is probably less than two hours a week because the, the product just per perpetuates itself online. Um, but if I hadn't listened to that podcast, I never would have started that business. So I think I maybe have shared that with you. And to, to, to go on, Pete, what I think is really important, I know that a lot of your listeners are furniture people, but if you think about it, we're really marketing people, relationship building people. We're trying to, to tell a story to those customers. And what I've, all, what I've always felt was important is to learn by reaching outside of your industry and say, what are people doing in other industries that I can bring into what I'm doing. And that's, I think, why we've been such long-term friends because even though I left the furniture business six years ago, our relationship is a friendship, but it's built on always making ourselves better, investing in learning and investing back into our customers because they're our friends, you know, that's, that's so, yeah. so I think that's something that I wanna bring back to the conversation. Yeah, and the one thing I would say is, you know, authenticity cannot be faked. You know, you left the business six years ago. How many reps do you still stay in touch with? Despite your best not effort. Many. Not, Despite not, your, your not best that effort. many. Yeah. Not many. Uh, and you know what? I would, I would welcome a conversation um, 
love to know what's going on in people's lives, but I, I just think we all move on. And um, you and I had a common interest that that kept us going. As a matter of fact, there's another guy in the mattress industry that's a good friend of mine here in Columbus, Ohio. And um, I, I will call him at every, probably about 90 days and say, hey, it's time for our mastermind meeting. And we go out and we grab lunch. And I'm like, what's going on in your business? What's going on in your marketing? What's going on that I can help you with? And it's, it's not, I'm not in your industry, but I can listen to what's going on and try to bring some of the successes that I'm having to help you and, and vice versa. You can take some of the successes that you're having and help me. So. And, and that brings me, uh, you know, how, how you met Sean was actually through me. Correct. I was Sean's customer. I had bought a YouTube program, a Twitter program, and a LinkedIn program when Sean and Lewis Howes were, were still together. And so right. I was, and I wanted you guys to meet, and you and Sean have stayed in touch, and I've, me and Sean have kind of drifted away, nothing bad between us, but um, right. I think it's interesting how networking can work. And one of the things that you asked me a couple days ago is, you know, are my dealers networking? And very few of my dealers actually network or go to networking meetings. And I wanted just to kind of relive that a little bit. You know, you know, um, you go to networking meetings and, and you know, some of the connections that you just started like off the cuff saying, you know, well, you know, I think, and I'm like, here goes Andrew. Do you remember that conversation? Well, absolutely. Um, you, you know, I, I want to say, Pete, unfortunately in sales, salesmen frequently focus on the close. They're like, okay, when I meet this person, how can I move to the close? And yeah. in my business, I may have a conversation with a client, a prospective client that really won't be doing anything for five years because they don't, they're not ready to move. They don't want to move. It's not part of their lifestyle to move, but that doesn't mean I don't want to build a, a conversation and a relationship with them now where I can become their expert advisor. I can help them when, when the county raises their taxes, they can reach out to me and say, Hey, Andrew, how do I, how do I battle this, this tax increase and what can you do to help me? So it's not, what can they do for me? So what can I do for them to help them so that when they're ready, they reach out to me? And that's building a long-term relationship rather than a transactional relationship where I'm only worried about that one transaction. So the one of the things that I always talk about, it's in my book and it's, it's in everything. You can't have a conversation with me and I don't bring it up. To me, there's three things that every store owner has to do, or you're going to be out of business. You have to get referrals, you have to get testimonials, and you have to get online reviews, five-star online reviews, and you have to market them. You have to consistently be out there um, using those, uh, those testimonials and get new customers with those and perpetuating the cycle. You know, a customer that you get 
from a referral is more likely to refer because they've seen Absolutely. it modeled. And I want you to talk about, you know, you uh, you were very successful in, in, in the furniture business, Andrew, and, and not only financially successful, but your reputation in the industry is a giver, a good person, and I'm sure that's your reputation in the real estate business, I know from being in some marketing meetings with you where you got, were dragged away to close more than one house that you're doing a ton of business in the real estate business. And, and I want to ask you this. Do you think that it's possible that in six years you would have built what you've built without testimonials, without five-star online reviews <clears throat> and without referrals? Um, absolutely not. The, um, the, it's so it's so important that when I go meet with a client, um, this is my presentation. It's not a digital presentation. It's actually a physical. And I want to say that the most important thing is outrageously happy clients. And when I when I say outrageously happy clients, I want to give them such a level of service that at the end of the transaction, I can ask them. And I tell them when I first meet them that I'm going to ask you when this is all done to give me an online review. Are you comfortable with it? So the important thing is to setting up the conversation very, very early on that you're going to do this. Um, in, in the furniture industry, um, Zillow is probably the, the 800 pound gorilla in the room. So that's where I started building out my testimonials first. So now in, the, in my zip code, um, I think I have 85 online. I, I, I've had about 200, 200 transactions and I sold about $75 million in the last six years, but um, I've got 85 online reviews and everything I do um, from the beginning of the conversation when I meet them to the closing transaction is I tell them, I'm going to ask for this. And is there any reason that you couldn't give me an online review? And they almost always say, no, I'll do that. Now, there are... I do have some clients that, you know, for, for, for their privacy concerns, they, they may be a sports celebrity or something like that. They just don't feel comfortable doing that. And that's fine. Right, um, right. But most of my clients do that. And when I build out my Amazon business, if you don't have online reviews in Amazon, you will go out of business. So um, we really focused on that. And Amazon has changed the way they do that um, over time. We used to be able to give away free products and then ask for a review that they don't do that anymore. So now it's, it, there's, it's a more challenging thing. But this brings me to something that I think is relevant to real estate, but it's also relevant to every store owner that's out here. And it's a, it's a great opportunity for them to build their, their reviews and help their local search. And that is Google My Business is a free resource that Google provides for you as a business owner to go claim the asset of your online location. So you can go out and claim your ABC mattress store on 123 Main Street, um, and you can start to build out the content there by asking a consumer who's had an experience with you to leave an online review. And when someone goes, hey, show me mattress stores in Powell, Ohio on their Android phone, boom, one of the first things that comes up is the mattress stores in Palo, Ohio. So if you've built those 
reviews, you're going to percolate up in the search engine. That's free. And every store owner on here can do that. That's awesome. Thank you for that takeaway for our store, store owners. So <clears throat> makes me think about this. Let me see if I can get this. No, is it there? Can you guys see this? The untapped gold yep. mine by my buddy, Simon Aronowitz. Familiar with this book? Absolutely. I, I, I read it. Um, I think one of the one of the times you and I met with Simon, I think it was down at a, a, a sales convention for GC, GCIK, GKIC. Um, and <laughs> he was talking about the importance of video testimonials at the time. Is that is that something that I think maybe this podcast serves as a as a video testimonial for you, possibly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should be able to pull a few of them out, actually, right. out, out of this. So let me see. I want you to toot your own horn just a little bit. Now, we <sighs> talked I know, I know. I don't do well <laughs> with that either, Andrew. But I don't, I, I have to believe that there are 30 year veterans in the real estate industry that have not sold seven transactions to one customer. And you've done that in your first six years. And yeah. I want you to deep dive into why you think that was possible. Uh, you know, some of it has to do with your video marketing. Some of it has to do with your sales, uh, your overall mindset with sales and how you approach a customer that you want outrageously happy customers and a satisfied right. customer doesn't even come on the, on the scale for you. That, that, that's a fail for Andrew Robinson. Um, I want you to just talk about that stuff. You know, it, it, that's not normal. There, there are real estate agents that go through their whole career that never get seven transactions with one customer. I think Pete, it, it comes down to, to the initial conversation, building and maintaining rapport, but then having a strategic follow-up plan that is touching out to those clients when they have changes in, in their life. This particular client happened to be one of my, I met him in the first year I was in business and he was the executive uh, of, a, of a nice size company here in central Ohio. <clears throat> and he was transitioning from a, from a nice home to more of an executive level home. And um, that was the first transaction we had. But, you know, I stayed abreast with him and my questions when I would call him is like, What's going on in your business? Because I knew that he was growing his business and the business and the revenue stream from the business was gonna be the impetus for him to potentially making additional changes in his um, home. Because you know, as his income grew, it was apparent that he probably would be looking for the next home. And his business was extremely successful and I stayed in touch with him and, um, as those changes in his life came about, um, I was the person that he thought of 
because I had continually stayed in conversations with him about things that were beyond the scope of just furniture. Um, and then um, his mother lived outside of uh, our immediate community and he wanted her to be closer to the family and the kids. So um, just this summer, he engaged me to help him get his mother a new condo that was within driving distance and then help his mom sell that house. So in six years, my relationship with him has resulted in seven transactions. And for the furniture store owner, um, think about the transitions that happen in people's lives. When they move, um, do they need all new mattresses? When a baby is born, do you need furniture for the bedroom? Do you, you know, as, as someone's transitions from a toddler to, you know, a, to a five-year-old, the, their furniture needs change. So think of it, instead of just running ads every week, how can we build rapport with those clients? Um, that, that, I guess that's the challenge for, for all of us. It, um, you could ask me a question, but I'm going to share a tool that I use right. um, to follow, follow with my clients. Um, sure. So even though I do a lot of video, I think it's also important because video can, you know, it can be here and it can be gone pretty quickly. Um, one of the things that I do is I do a lot of open houses and in the luxury market, it's uncommon for the primary agent, the listing agent to actually do those. They frequently will have their starting salespeople, their inexperienced salespeople do the open house. They don't think it's a valuable use of their time, but myself, it, it's an opportunity for me to present the product that my client, my client's product, and I know more about it than anybody that I could have held the open house for me, but also it enables me to meet people that have raised their hand and said, I'm looking for a house, maybe not today, but sometime in the near future. So it's a great way for me to, to engage and have conversation with a, with a future client. So this is an example of one of my follow-up tools. Um, this is, I send everybody that I meet a thank you card. And this is actually a picture of the home that I met them in. And then when I go to the inside of the card, um, I have, once again, another picture from the house. Um, I have a very brief conversation with them saying, hey, thank you for coming to my open house at 123 Main Street. I enjoyed chatting with you and sharing some of the features and benefits of the house. If there's anything I can do to help you in the future, please feel free to reach out to me and I give them my cell phone number. And on the back of it, um, I have a picture of me and my grandson because what I'm trying to do is come off as a warm, personable, um, caring person rather than a corporate um, shot of me with my logo. And I mail this to every client. Um, frequently, I'll put in a, a gift with that. And I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me and said, thank you so much for the gift. And when, six, eight, 12 months later, when they're ready, they remember this and it's become valuable. So I think as salespeople, um, you have the opportunity to send thank you cards to your clients. Now, if someone comes in and you know buys a $200 coffee table, the chances are that may be low on your list. But if somebody comes into your store and buys a, an adjustable bed for $2,900, don't you think you could take just a few minutes to 
handwrite them a thank you or use the type of software that I use so that every single client, you can send them a thank you card for doing business with you. So what gift do you, do you send to your customer? <laughs> well, it kind of depends on if I just met, if I met them at an open house and I don't really have a long-term relationship with them. Um, one of the things I send to them is uh, brownies, but it comes, I, I use a company called Banner Season. It's a very inexpensive way for me to keep in touch with clients and um, I can include it in the show notes if you want. But um, yeah, please. Like a, car, like a card like this, I believe this card costs me about a dollar and then 55 cents postage. So for a dollar and 55 cents, I can re-engage that person. Or um, if I if I really want to build, if they told me, hey, we're thinking about selling, we don't have a realtor, then I'll put in two brownies. So that way they, they have, it's, it's a theory of reciprocity. If you give something to someone, they're much more likely to reciprocate. I'm not saying you're doing yeah. it just to make them reciprocate, but if you give them something, they're going to be much more warm and open to the next conversation you're going to have with them. Now, my closing gift, when someone buys a house from me, um, I don't give them a bottle of wine or something that's consumable because that disappears and it's gone. What I do is um, I use a company called Grandin Road and I buy a monogrammed doormat that's a really nice quality product it depending on the pro, the price of the house that cost me anywhere from 75 to 125 dollars but it i deliver it to them when we do the final walkthrough for the house so i go to my car i take it out and i put it right there in front of the house so it's going to be the first thing that they see when they come home and it's going to be the first thing their their guests who visit them at the new house they ring the doorbell. They're like, oh, that's a really nice doormat. Where did you get that? Oh, my realtor gave that to me. So it's a, it's a gift that has longevity to it as well. So. It's a gift that somebody won't buy for themselves. No, no. And they, they, if they do, they're going to buy a cheap one. And I get them a really, really nice one that, um, yeah. that, that they feel, it makes them feel good. And it, once again, a bottle of wine makes them feel good, but it's gone that, that evening. <laughs> That's hey, awesome. Hey, my, I, I, remember you had that, we had that story about my client with seven transactions. Well, I actually yeah. have a handful of clients that we've done uh, five transactions um, in, in just the last six years. So I call that group my, my fifth client. And what they do get, they do get a special fifth of bourbon when they get to their fifth transaction. So they don't just get a doormat, they get a fifth, a fifth of bourbon to go with it. So, hey, you know, I'd love That's to invite awesome. you to be on my, be on my fifth list. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, uh, we've, uh, we've been going at this for a little bit. I think I'm gonna wrap it up, but listen, I wanna thank you for, for dropping a bunch of golden nuggets for our store owners and anybody that owns a business. Um, and I want to just say, say this, and I'm going to try to show this on the screen. Um, you guys see this? A guy by the name of Andrew Robinson gave this to me at the lunch that we had with Sean Malarkey. It's uh, The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. It's a book that 
I have read and reread and bought on Audible and listened to multiple times, and it's helped me immensely in my career. And I cannot look at the book without thinking about Andrew Robinson and what a dear friend he's been and how many great ideas he's given me over the years, many of which I've acted upon and one or two that I haven't that I think he just pushed me over the edge on. I think he was giving me a little nudge there um, with his last little thing which is also something friends do for friends. So if you, you know, you own any kind of a business or you own a store, think about how you're interacting with the significant people in your circle, whether that is a store manager, a key salesperson, help your people around you grow. And one of the things that I would encourage you as a store owner, make your reps, your friends. Now, the rep should be reaching out to you and trying to make you a friend, but you also need to reach out too. And that's one of the things that Andrew has done exceptionally well throughout his career. And that's why he's he has the kind of reputation that, that he does. And that's why success seems to just follow him around. And that's not what happened. He has made himself successful because he truly cares about people. When you get to know Andrew, you find out that underneath it all is a person who deeply cares, doesn't want just a transaction. He wants a customer. He wants a relationship. And, you know, shame on me. Andrew's the guy that probably calls me more often than I call him. So I have to get better, Andrew. So thank you very much for coming on the show today. Any pardon words that you have, my friend? No, it's been my pleasure. And um, the, the probably the one takeaway that I can say that the, the immediate action that someone that's listening to this can do today is that they don't have a Google My Business page. Um, take 20 minutes, go over to Google, get that started, and use that as a platform to start getting those local um, reviews because that will help that business tremendously. Awesome. Thanks so much, Andrew. Have a great day. And uh, I'm looking forward to having you back on the show and uh, sharing some more ideas with our dealers. Great. Thanks. My pleasure. Thanks.